People of Note on Fine Music Radio is proudly brought to you each week at this time by Peter Turin Productions. This is Rodney Trudgeon welcoming you to this week's edition of People of Note right here on Fine Music Radio. I'm very excited and pleased to introduce you to a young and exciting South African tenor who really is knocking them out in Europe and elsewhere. Levi Sakhapani studied under Kamal Khan and Hannah Fanikirk here at the South African College of Music in Cape Town. And during this time, he participated in different opera productions in South Africa. He won first prize at the International Belvedere Singing Competition, as well as the first prize at the Montserrat Caballé Singing Competition in 2015. He became known in the international opera scene after that, and in the summer of 2017, he won first prize at Placido Domingo's Operalia, whereupon many debuts at major opera houses like Paris, Bavarian State Opera Munich, Barcelona all followed, and he sung at many opera houses, and he's here in Cape Town. Levy, it's great to see you. Welcome. Welcome. It's been a while. Thank you very much, Rodney. So nice to see you after a very long time. It is a long time. But your life sounds to me to be incredibly busy. Is it? Um, I don't like to tell people that, but I... I do get around a bit. <laughs> yes, well, you do to all these places. But first of all, why are you in Cape Town at the moment? At the moment, I'm in Cape Town because I am on vacation. Oh, are you? I've been on a very long vacation break, or holidays of vacation. And I have decided to come to Cape Town to say hi to some friends of mine mm -hmm. and to see Cape Town again. Yeah, I haven't been here since three years. Okay, but you were also in Johannesburg. <coughs> Was that more to do with work? Yeah. Or also well, my holiday? family's there. My brother lives there. Um, okay. Some friends are there. Okay. Yes. So, where would you call home at the moment? Because you're all over the place here. I see. And your my home is in Munich, in Germany. Is that where you're based? That's is? where I'm based. That's where I, after production, I get to go to put my suitcase to wash my clothes. <laughs> to but, sleep in my own bed. But I see, look, you've had projects, or you will be having projects at Opera Zurich, at the Theater an der Wien in Vienna, Monte Carlo, the Semper Opera in Dresden, the Vienna State Opera, the Champs-Élysées in Paris. So you're going to be traveling around Europe quite a lot. I don't know how often you'll see your little bed in Munich. Well, it's it's been going on for the last maybe 10 years. Okay. And now it's, it has become... You're used to it. I'm used to it. I'm I'm very used to it. So I don't, I don't look at the the the, the schedule and go, oh my god, so much. <laughs> I just go, oh nice, nice. <laughs> I just keep going. You okay. Know. I just want to ask you a question which you don't have to answer. You can say, I don't want to answer that question, <laughs> and there will be no hard feelings. <laughs> How old are you? I don't want to ask that question. <laughs> okay, that is. I am thirty-one. Thirty-one. Okay, but that's amazing. For By the end of this year, I will be thirty-two. Oh, when is your birthday? In December. Oh, okay, okay. We're talking about all these places you sing at and visit, and you talked about your schedule. Do you have a manager who deals with all of this yes, for you? Yes, it's very important to have it. I have a team behind me mm -hmm. that arranges my life, and I'm very, very grateful to these people because they do way too much. <laughs> um, and do they then just tell you, Levi, this weekend you're going to Barcelona? 
Exactly. They say to me, do you have a place to stay? Do you have, did you book a flight? No, I didn't do it right now. You have an interview there. Uh, don't forget it. It's at eight when you arrive, blah, 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 on this day. Also, they do other things that not many managers do. They like managers. They also manage my life. Like they do my taxes. They do. Oh, lucky you. Uh, yeah, yeah. So th- I'm very, very lucky f- to be with these people. They are an amazing team. They sort my calendar out and, um, yeah. So, uh, you, so you, Livy, you do all these things, but how about learning a role? Learning a role is one of the most exciting things about job. I know mm-hmm. that, well, when I, when I was studying, I hated it because, you know. <laughs> it's work. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. And you were not used to it. But now I, I love it. It's actually part of, yeah. The most exciting part of what I do is not being on stage, really. It's, it's when I'm at home. Yeah. Mm. I play the piano a lot, and I, I study new roles. I read. So you're a competent pianist as I'm well. I'm a pianist, yes. So you can accompany yourself and learn roles with the Yes, with that's the right. I can play what is important for me to hear, s- mm-hmm. so I can study easily. I'm not a, I'm not a, 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 a repetitor or something. Like this. Oh right, okay, okay. <laughs> But are you ever in a situation where you turn down a role? Yes, many times. Or where you say, no, I'm not going to do that? Many times. And usually what is the reason? Because singers are not like athletes. We like to say we are based on the the craft. Like Mm -hmm. Our bodies are exactly like them. We work a lot. We get off the stage. We are tired. We don't have physio to massage our our, our throats. If we lose the voice, we lose it forever. Yeah. But we, it's not easy to say no to things, especially when people offer you a lot of money. <laughs> right. And it's yeah, exactly, we live, we live in the times where people want money all the time, money, yeah, money, money, yeah, money. Yeah. So you end up taking roles that are not for you at the time. And then you Simply damage, yeah, that's it. And then you damage the voice. Mm-hmm. You can never come back from it. You, you are out, you know what I mean? So you have to be very careful that you sing the roles that are for you at that moment. Yeah. The voice grows with you as a person. The body grows, you, uh, you get taller, at some point you stop, but your body physically continues gro- growing. And so is your voice. Your voice mm-hmm. also goes through these moments and you have to allow it to, to grow and don't push it. Don't try to sing things that are not for you don't yeah go good yeah don't go too early mm-hmm. wait for the voice so i've had to say no to many roles because i really couldn't sing them mm-hmm. probably i could have done a great great justice at that time and i would i could have been paid really nice but it's better to do it now yeah or yeah. later you know yes. what i mean because then you your voice has it's grown with you as you has grown with you and yeah. and some things when you grow when you get older they get easier mm-hmm so it's very important that you you wait just you wait. wait be patient this is why i've had to say no to many roles okay um, i want to talk to you more about the voice and the training and the style and the sort of stuff you sing but first of all let's take a music break levy and tell me i see you've chosen pavarotti here fratande gente what what are we going to listen to what is this about this piece has been in my head for the last two weeks i think oh and do you sing it at all yourself actually i've never sung it it's it's one of the we call it Italian pop mm-hmm. songs. You'll hear it's not like opera. It's really like it's a Napolitan song. Oh yes, yes. yes. Pavarotti did a CD in the s- early late sixties. It wasn't a CD; it was an LP, of course. Yeah. And in on this CD, he sang 
very famous numbers like volare and that's Fratanta Genta was one of those songs okay and he really he touched my he goes deep down my my soul when he when he sings it there's a video on YouTube actually of him recording the the song and he didn't know it (laughs) you can see in his eyes that he was very frustrated and a bit a bit worried and the conductor was really trying to show him wait stop come in here and he, and he wasn't listening he was yeah. i mean he was <laughs> well he he's pavarotti he so didn't know the piece but he was unbelievable unbelievable yeah. okay let's listen here's pavarotti Unmistakable voice there of Luciano Pavarotti, and unmistakable indeed, Fratande Gente. 
by Casariti. Is that right? Casariti. Casarini. Casarini. And my guest is the South African tenor Levi Sechapane, who, as I said, is having this astonishing career. We were talking about voice, Levi, and Pavarotti. I mean, I would like to ask you, as a young operatic tenor, what do you think of Pavarotti? I mean, everyone thinks he's an absolute star, and you did say his voice moves you. Speaking about Luciano Pavarotti, he, who is a great idol of many young singers, mm. not only tenors, but every single singer out there wants to be like this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Yesterday, by the way, he two days ago, he received um, the Hollywood star. Yes, I saw a picture of that, the, whole, um, the star on the pavement. Yes, yes the, the, right. the Hollywood how do you call it? Hall of Fame. Wall of Fame. Like, Wall of Fame. Wall of Fame. Hall of Fame or Wall of Fame. Wall of Fame. I think it's Hall of Fame. <laughs> anyway. I've been there actually and it was very dirty. Oh, but, um, <laughs> because everybody has been there and yeah. everybody have spit it on, on those people. Anyway, oh, no. But anyway, he finally got his star that he deserved. Yeah. I mean, he had an astonishing career. Yeah, it, it's, it's, I mean, we will never see anything like this again, maybe. Mm-hmm. Because probably with me, but I pray that. Yes, probably. Yes, you'll have. <laughs> you'll come and visit your stone, your star. <laughs> Domingo is still out there having an incredible career. But well, Pavarotti, a picture, I must just tell you. Sorry to interrupt you. That very Jan. recently, apparently, you're on stage with Domingo and Villathon and a host of other celebrities. Not just as a accompaniment, but as one of the main soloists. <laughs> there next to Domingo, so we all gasped and thought. <gasps> A celebrity's coming into the studio. A real celebrity. <laughs> I'm not a celebrity. <laughs> Ask my brother. <laughs> of course you are. By the way, Levy's brother is here, just keeping an eye on him. And he <laughs> is a conductor in Johannesburg of, of choirs, isn't he? Speaking about Pavarotti, yeah. yeah, there's nothing one can say, really. People say that he's, he's the last tenor, or he's the tenor of the century, or he's God on earth, <laughs> which, yeah, true. There's yeah. nothing you can say about him. This guy has... Not only the voice, but like he had this aura that mm. everybody, you know, wanted to be around him, and you know. But what about Domingo? Domingo too. Yeah. But it's two different. Very different, aren't they? Artists They're extremely and different. people. Yeah, yeah. Domingo is, I would say, the same aura because these guys were, I mean, the three tenors were so sensational in absolutely uh, when they started, and they had an incredible career too. And I mean, if you've been to Domingo's concerts today. He cannot go anywhere. Like he's, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. In yeah. Vienna, coming back to our concert in Vienna with Cicilla Bartoli, had a. You were on stage with her as well. Yes, she. Yeah, we we singing a lot, quite a, uh, we singing together quite a lot lately. I'm very 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 grateful. I tried many times to make it happen and it didn't happen, <laughs> and I jumped in in Zurich because my colleague Brownlee got sick and, mm-hmm. and that was our first moment in Italian and Algeria and then she invited me to this concert with Domingo and Viason in Vienna when she made her debut after 30 years of career. Wow. It was very interesting. Standing ovations for almost 50 minutes. Yeah. We, we just kept on bowing down and going But for back. someone like you, it must have been an incredible experience I mean, a, I, to be on stage with legends like that. I was because I sang with these people before so I know Domingo from Operalia of course hmm. and other places. I know yeah. Viason very well because he invited me when I just won my first competition he he has a, a show on TV in France that airs in Germany on Sundays called Stars von Morgen Stars for Tomorrow, for tomorrow yeah. uh, and every young star has been there mm-hmm. instrumentalist or singers um, so he yeah, I know Rolando there we recorded a CD together with Dutch gramophone 
so when I was around these people, it was like normal, you know. Yes. When, when once we are colleagues, it's like colleagues. It's normal, yeah. But like, I was telling my brother that I forgot how important the gig was until I walked out of this Vienna State Opera and there was the police trying to stop the these masses from getting close to the singers. Which was, <laughs> I was like, what is going on out here? My? Then I suddenly woke up from this dream yes. that I. Then I was like, oh my god. I forgot who was on stage. I thought I just did a show and walked out and mm-hmm. all these messes. No, so um, but it's obviously it's a it's a it's a really beautiful moment that of course you would you would of as a young singer you remember the you know when we were studying in college, we saw DVDs of these people and and they uh, are on stage with them singing with them. It was something really really amazing. <laughs> Absolutely, you know I don't know if this irritates you, leave you or not, but very often you are compared with Juan Diego Flores, who's it really irritates me because I don't like this guy. <laughs> no, you're not serious. Does it irritate you? No, it doesn't. It doesn't because oh. um, he's for me one of the greatest genius of to have ever graced the stages of opera. Really, incredibly, really, he is. Probably the greatest genius after Pavarotti. I tell the truth, because he is—he took the this music, this bel canto music, to another level. Not mm. only bel canto music, but the the, the Rossini, um, the repertoire of Rossini, yes, which had been there for years. Many tenors sang. You know, I have also another idol of mine who is a very good friend of mine. His name is, his name is Gregory Kunde, fantastic tenor. Mm-hmm. There's Bruce Forward. There is. Lawrence Brownlee, you know, all these great tenors that also are with him. They've taken the, the repertoire and put it on the map and made people today. If you think of Rossini tenors, you think Flores, Brownlee, Kunde, you know. You do. You so do. this, but not only that rap, like if you hear him, he he introduced a way, a new way of singing, which is like a phrasing way of singing. Not that other singers didn't have it, but he introduced a new way of singing the way an instrumentalist would, uh, the way a violinist would. Yes. Uh, you mean especially phrasing? S- especially yes. phrasing. He introduced yeah. this new... He's a great genius for this. Pavarotti didn't have this. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. But he introduced this new way of, of phrasing. Uh, Has it affected you and influenced it you? It did. It influenced me very much because I have that now in me. Mm-hmm. And it's a thing that people want to, to see. Yeah. Not just like sort of sing an aria and yeah. You have to show that music goes somewhere. It's it's a pity. I mean, we can't demonstrate what you mean by phrasing because we'd need context, wouldn't yes. we, with a piano, and we'd need context. True. I mean, a violin would play. You you, you can sing a phrase. Whatever, or you can go. Yeah, the difference. That's a very good. That's a very good example. It goes somewhere, you know what I mean. The phrase goes somewhere. It it already, it already brings him in. (laughs) (laughs) It's not boring. You want, you want the music to go somewhere. That's right. So he's he's one of the great geniuses to do that, and I am compared to him. And he probably doesn't like it, but um, <laughs> but have, you've obviously met him. He's my friend. Yes, we are. I mean, we are chatting. We met a lot, and oh. I text we, him on WhatsApp. It just what I find it's so extraordinary listening to him. And we've got obviously recordings here of him doing Rossini and others, and his voice is very high. Yes, um, and so those high notes seem so easy. There doesn't seem to be any sort of effort or strain. 
with the very high florid notes of bel canto singing, which apparently is one of your claims to fame as well. Yes, well, I I like to call myself a... Um, people call me a Rossini tenor, like they would call Flores or Brownie or... But we don't call ourselves Rossini tenors, actually. We call ourselves bel canto tenors. Bel canto, yeah. Uh, because yeah. we don't only sing Rossini, but we sing other bel canto stuff, like we sing... Um, Berlin, Donizetti, you know, yes, early yes. Verdi, and uh-huh. so on. So early Verdi. So you, your voice would not be suited to the big heroic Verdi roles like no. Rigoletto. It will come later. Oh, do you think it will come later? It will come later. I think we should take another piece of music because I'm quite startled at what you've chosen. I thought we'd hear Jean Diego Flores or someone, but Ed Sheeran. <laughs> <laughs> what is this all about, Levy? I am slowly, I don't know, the more I grow as an artist, the more interested I become in pop music. And I discovered Ed Sheeran a few years ago when he was very young. But I was not so crazy about his music. But then if you follow his journey, you realize that every album here, I think he he's recorded about five albums, and all of them, every every song on there is a hit, like Marcus Jackson, like... You know, like Rossini. Rossini, every opera that he wrote was a hit. Was a hit, that's so, right. <laughs> so that's Ed right. Sharon continues to write music, even today. Mm-hmm. Now he's collaborating with other artists, and it's 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 incredible. It's really amazing. I'm so crazy about him. Good um, heavens. He's a really Oof. great genius. I, what are I, we going to hear, the Joker and the Queen? Oh, that's wow. I love the song so much. How is I to know? It's a crazy thing. I showed you my hand And you still let me win And who was I to say That this was meant to be The road that was broken Brought us together And I know You could fall for a thousand kings
that's something I didn't expect my guest to choose, Ed Sheeran, <laughs> Joker and the Queen. And my guest is Levi Sechapane, who's a young South African tenor, making quite a mark, as you're hearing, on the international stage. And what I'd like to just ask you now is a little bit more about the bel canto sound. Clearly, when you're training to be a singer, whether you are, I joked earlier, basso profundo or a bel canto tenor. This morning I am. This <laughs> Olivia's <coughs> complaining here that he's only just got up this morning um, when we're recording this interview. But um, how did you discover that bel canto? How, do you, how did you get into that? I knew you studied with Kamal Khan, who was probably a great start for you. How soon did you discover that your voice was, in fact, a bel canto tenor, a Rossini, Donizetti, Bellini tenor? I mean, I grew up listening to opera really, pretty early. Do you, is your family musical? Our family is very musical. We oh, sang okay. in church. He's a conductor. He got into opera, into classical music. I s- sort of started following him. <laughs> You're talking about your brother here, yes. sitting quietly in the corner. <laughs> I sort of started to to go to follow these steps into opera, and we, I mean, I I have to say thanks to him because he, we always had opera at home. Were your parents musical as well? I, yes, they did. Okay. I mean, I know that my father tried to sing, but I don't know what happened. And they always say that he had an incredible voice. My mother sang in, in choir at oh, school yes. too. Okay. Okay. So our family is really very musical. And the piano part, Levi, before we go back to That's the voice? That's a thing I picked up much later. Oh, um, okay. I was, I think, about 16 when I started mm-hmm. with piano, much later. When did you discover you had a bel canto voice and not a sort of held in tenor? Yeah, that's a very good question, actually. When I came to the university, I, I was like, I tried to be like Rolando Villason, you know, because he was at that time incredible star. Mm-hmm. And Juan Diego was not yet so famous or so known. Established. So I, I was really, I thought I would be a lyric tenor. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, but also, of course, I mean, many of us come to university and we don't know what we really are until you discover the, your real voice. And this is the challenge about being a singer. And also about being a teacher to it help you discover that you real have voice. To, yes, and I have to thank, I have to thank Hannah. I have mm. to thank Kamal because they, Hannah heard me and said, that's not your voice. I said, I don't know what's my voice then. <laughs> and then she was like, um, it, she took eight months to no concert, no public appearance, nothing, no singing, just discovering my voice. Good grief. And then, I mean, my voice suddenly started to, to, to change, to go into another direction. Mm. And, and it went, I started to sing Bach, Handel, lots of Baroque, lots of Mozart, but not Rossini. And then I discovered the bel canto repertoire because I heard many CDs of Gregory Kunde singing all these high arias from Puritani and, you know. Mm. And then suddenly I discovered Flores and Brownlee. <laughs> and then I was like, wow, this is a very interesting repertoire. Maybe I can do it one day. And it took me time to... And Hannah supported you. She said... This in the beginning, is... she was she, she said that this music is too big for my voice. But it was, you know. Mm. She said, it's too big for you. Don't go into that repertoire. Go and listen to those people if you want to sing t- like them. And I would come to the lesson and she would say, no, no, you don't know. You don't have it yet. And I would go away. <laughs> and you never got depressed or irritated. I was quite irritated because I, I thought that I, I was so great. <laughs> already you know but and then i always came to the lesson and she said no you are not but like be, calling myself a bel canto tennis is a thing that came much much later in my career uh, before i was really 
just a Rossini tenor. And then, of course, I was in, influenced heavily by, by my idols like Flores and, and, and Kunde. And when I started to sing this music on the big stages, then I realized how what fun it was and mm, how how easy it was for my what voice. What a lovely, yes, that your voice fitted it so well. Yes, and, and the more the time goes, you know, as I told you, that you've got to always wait for mm. the voice to, mm. to grow. But then easier it became. And easy. then just on that subject of your voice growing, so you're a bel canto. Are you talking about your voice growing as a bel canto or perhaps being able then to do bigger tenor roles yes. in the future, <coughs> like a, possibly some of the Verdi roles? True. As a, yes. This is what we all want. We mm. want our voice to keep growing and going somewhere that we can, you know, one day. But if you look at Pavarotti, when he was young, he was probably like me, like a really a, a lyrical leggero, but with a lot of focus and with a yeah. lot of talent. So he sang, he sang some Rossini, but not so much. Uh, he sang lots of Donizetti, and then, then he met Boning and Sutherland, and they brought him into the bel canto style. Pavarotti was discovered as an opera star through these bel canto roles that he sang, Lucia, Puritani, Sonambula. Oh, right. Great recordings. And those are all bel canto roles. La Fille du Regiment, which is the, yeah. the daughter of the regiment. He recorded with, with uh, John Salland. Uh-huh. And this is when Pavarotti, the Pavarotti started. I remember the story, I don't know if it's a true story or if you know it, or I just remember hearing somewhere that Joan Sutherland taught Pavarotti how yes. to breathe and taught him how to phrase yes. as well, but taught him how to breathe. They took, they took him. The husband was a great, Richard Bonning, yeah. a great genius too. Yeah. Not just a conductor. He came here, by the way. Um, he did. He came to do Lucia. A few Lucia. years ago with Putiende. Yeah. It, it was a fantastic performance. They took him in. They Because Parotti at that time was very young and with this in- incredible instrument uh-huh. that could have easily been led astray and ruined the voice early in our career. Mm-hmm. Pavarotti's idols were Di Stefano, yes. Gili, the great, uh, maybe Lauri Volpi and those guys from the, uh-huh. the, the old tennis. So he could have easily started singing Puccini and Verdi at that time uh-huh. and he could have ruined his voice. So Sutherland and, and oh. Bonning said to him, you are amazing. Come to us. Let's do tours around the world. Let's do bel canto. And he became a bel canto tenor. This is what I love. Yeah. Parotti was a bel canto tenor. And not many people know that. People don't know this. They know him with um, with the spinto roles, Verdi roles and Puccini yeah. roles. Yeah. That was after the period. And this made him even more famous because there was no tenor at that time that could sing that music with such style and, and, and with such uh, charisma and, and, and freedom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was unbelievable. Am I right in saying that late in his career, relatively late in his career, actually tackled Otello? He not? only recorded it. Oh, he did he only record it? Yeah, okay. he, he was okay. not an Otello, for, first of yeah, all. He, yeah. was, he was a lyric tenor. Mm-hmm. Uh, attempted it, actually, and they did it in concert. And I heard that Schulte actually hated him because, <laughs> because he couldn't read. I don't know. He couldn't follow he the couldn't conductor. Music, but they have a recording, a very, very good recording. He sang... Of course, the amazing voice, but he's not Otello, but he no, only no, no. recorded it. But Domingo had a bash at, well, not a bash. Domingo but he... sang Otello since he was in his mid-30s, which was very dangerous. Yeah, and he somehow survived, as we know. Yes, and he, Carreras didn't. But Domingo had great success singing Otello. And, I mean, he lost his voice when he was very young because he sang too heavy, too early. Mm-hmm. Um, when the voice came back, he attempted Otello and James Levine told him you will not sing Otello without me I will teach you 
how to sing it in the right way so mm-hmm. that you don't hurt your voice. He said, yes, 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 yes. And then he accepted all the contracts around the world. And Levine heard, and Levine said, you will do your first hotel in the mat. And they did it, and it was a huge success. And then after that, and he went on. And they're in a film and all the rest of it. Levy, we're going to have another choice of music now. Here's another shock for me, from you, I mean. Michael Jackson. <laughs> Human nature. Ooh. What's this got to do with anything? I have in my life three idols, or f- maybe four, that uh, for me have changed my life and have helped me to become what I am today. Mm-hmm. Michael Jackson is one of them. Michael Jackson's one of your idols. one of my idols. Why? I Incre- have to ask you Incredible why. talent, like Pavarotti. <laughs> yeah. Incredible musician. Mm-hmm. He didn't... And his voice? A very special voice. And people said that when he was young, he was such a high tenor that they thought that he was a counter tenor. Michael Jackson. Wow. When he was... Wow. Because he had a very high voice. Mm-hmm. And they, the people said that he was so high that they thought he he was a counter tenor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep, so yep. and he I know he attempted to sing classical music. Oh I didn't know at that. some point. Okay, well then he's allowed on the program. <laughs> <laughs> Let's listen to Michael Jackson. Touch my shoulder I'm dreaming of the 
Michael Jackson here on Fine Music Radio, and it is the choice of a South African tenor who is having an extraordinary career, <coughs> Levi Sechapane. And Levi, we're going to move now on to some, I just want to ask you, you were talking about voices growing and all the rest of it, and the great Pavarotti's and Domingo's and Juan de Flores. One of the people they call the tenor of the moment, I want to know what you think of him, is Jonas Kaufmann. And I know it's a very different because it's a very baritonal, it's a held in tenor voice. What do you think of Jonas Kaufmann? He probably won't hear this program, so you can be honest. I don't know him personally, mm-hmm. but I I haven't heard him live because he's also not an idol of mine, but one of my favorite tenors of, of that, that, of of that repertoire. Of, of that sort of so he's yeah. really, also I think he's a genius, mm-hmm. and also he's a great musician. Oh, right. Uh, Which is important, isn't it? Yes. I mean, we said earlier how Pavarotti had to battle when he was young because he couldn't read music. But now, yes. as you said, you play the piano. It's important to be a musician yes. if you want to be a singer. Yes. You you need an instrument that helps you to develop this musical understanding and, mm-hmm. and so that you are not just a singer. You know, That's why yeah, I yeah. started to play the piano because the piano is a thing that I was told that it can help you to develop as a musician. Yes. If I mean... If you look at Domingo, is a great pianist. Um, oh, is he really? I didn't know yes, that. Yes, incredible pianist. Uh-huh. Um, many conductors like James Levine, who is also a very idol of mine. Uh-huh. Oh, but he was am- amazing at the Met. He had such an unfortunate <sighs> end. But what a career he I mean, had. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. What a what what a career! What a genius yeah, this guy was. He was. Um, All those operas. Fortunately, we have many of them on DVD now. To listen to him, yeah. his ring cycle. <laughs> he was a great. He was a great man. I would say. Okay, I, I, many people would. I would get out of here. They would say, Ah, you. How can you say this about a pedophile? Blah, no, blah, blah. he was a great man. He was a great man because yeah. he and gave he had his weaknesses. Of course, like yeah. like everybody else, like, he gave many African Americans a chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the net, yeah, yeah. In his time, like Leontine Price and all these, you know, Grace Bambury, people like James Morris, James Morris, and that other chap I can't remember. Um, I think uh, George Shirley, yes, tenor, yes, yes, yes. Simon Estes, yes, Simon Estes, of course. The of greatest course. singers in history, African American, were brought to the man by Levine, yeah. in his period. He was incredible, and may I say, he made that orchestra sound like a virtuoso symphony orchestra. That's Mets, unbelievable. The Met is still the best orchestra in the world, even if you hear them. You know, they yeah. because of this, this style, and you you hear them anyway. You hear Berliner Philharmonic if they play a concert in Cape Town, you hear the sound that it's them. Yes. If the Met comes to um, out of the Met and play in Carnegie Hall, you hear the Met because they are they have this sound that. That have you sung on stage at the Met? I have auditioned on the stage and not the Met. <laughs> okay. But I haven't sung at the Met yet. I hope yet. I will go to the Met one day. Okay. So I'm glad. But, I mean, Wagner presumably isn't in your range because you're not, you, you don't have that sort of voice and you don't no. want that sort of voice. I love Wagner because I lived in Dresden. Uh-huh. And before that, I knew about Wagner because we studied. But the music was too long for me and... In university, it was very boring and blah, blah, blah. But then until I lived in Dresden and saw his operas done by mm. the best in the world, like Christian uh, Tillemann, yeah. with great stars in front of me, like with that orchestra of, yeah. of uh, the Staatskapelle, then I was really 
in love with Wagner. Yes, I'm not. I'm in, so glad you said. I was that. in love with his, his with him as a person. He was a very difficult person. He was a terrible person. But, but the point is, as an artist, he was. But he great. was. But he was also, I think, very an interesting person because before he died, he wrote Parsifal, which was a spiritual opera. Yes, which shows that side of him. He was. Um, he never cared about religion. Nothing throughout his life, until the time before he died. Then he wrote Parsifal, which yeah. he didn't want people to hear in his time when he was living. Yes, it was played after his death, and he only wanted it to be formed at Bayreuth. Remember it? Yes, he didn't allow it to be performed anywhere else for many, many years, and built Bayreuth actually for the Parsifal. For that. Rings I've never been there. It's actually. Um, the last festival that I've never done in okay. the world, and I would love to sing there one day. Well, I, I'm going to show if I've been there. So, <laughs> so going back to, to Kaufman shortly. Yes, yes, yes. Um, he is amazing because if you look, I think he's the, the, the new also great star. Pavarotti sang Italian repertoire, French. He didn't sing. He sang, he tried to sing Carmen, but his French was so bad that he, <laughs> he never, you know. He sang Puccini, all these great pieces. Yeah. But Kaufman sang everything yes, <laughs> really yes. amazing. He sang Italian repertoire really well. Many Italians don't prefer him because the voice is too dark and blah, blah, blah. Yes, yes. But he was, I mean, his Verdi CD is one of the most incredible things I've ever heard. Mm -hmm. And then he sang Werther, for instance, in, in, in the Met and in Paris. Which, it was thing, it, amazing. There's a DVD too. That's right. And then he sang his, uh, his German, of course. And then he sang Wagner. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Zygmunt and yes. Lohengrin. I think he's even done Tristan very recently. Yes, he, I, he just he debuted in Tristan. He, he did, he did to Tristan. I don't, I don't know how it went, but people said, I mean, Kaufman is always amazing if yeah, when he does yeah, these yeah, new, yeah. he did Valkyrie only in two acts. Zygmunt, X, yeah. And it was unbelievable, I heard, yeah. when he does that stuff. He is, he's got an extraordinary voice. His grandfather was a great pianist and who played Wagner very well, Kaufman. Oh, really? So um, he, he has in the house Tons of scores from Wagner's um, operas from yeah. the grandfather. So Kaufman grew up with this stuff. Levy, you are 31 years old and you are meeting these major stars singing on the major stages of the world and the major cities of the world. And here you are with us in Cape Town looking all relaxed, although you say you're very tired. And when do you go back? You said you're going to Berlin quite soon to sing in Semiramide, which is the piece you're going to end with. Tell me a little bit about your immediate plan. As many people know that I am a huge fanatic of Rossini, a fan of Rossini. Yes. Rossini's operas, and Rossini changed my life. I've been to Pesaro, where he was born. I hope you've, you will go to, or if, if you've never been. I have, I've not been to Pesaro. No. You will feel that it's a city that's surrounded by the water. Yeah. by the sea you yeah, know it's like yeah. on the east coast of, uh, of Italy everybody's happy there the food is unbelievable you only smell the presence of Rossini and his music that's all you hear there what a lovely description yeah. unbelievable city yeah. If you, I tell you the truth the guy grew up there Rossini never had any problems he grew up in a city that has the sea he went to the, he played like other kids at the sea he went home grew up with great music grew up around great composers studied in Bologna for instance where if, if you know that Bologna, the university in Bologna is the biggest uh, university of music in in Italy. I didn't know that. One of right. the best in e okay. the world. Rossini okay. studied there and Donizetti, both of them. So it's a man that had everything. Uh, and he he wrote his last Italian opera, is Semiramide, before he moved to Paris to occupy the position as, as chief of the Paris opera at that time. Right, right. And Semiramide is for me... It's, it's a great genius. But now him. you're singing it in Berlin, aren't I'm you? I'm singing it in Berlin. I've been waiting for many years. Who's conducting? 
you. Uh, it's a young girl. She's, she's, I think, Chinese. Okay. Right. Yeah. Levy, we have to stop. Really? Yes, we do. I feel like I have so much to tell. But <laughs> well, we have a part two next okay. year. How about that when you come back? Yeah, yeah let's have a part two. Levy Sokopana, part two. <laughs> but now we're going to end with an aria from Semiramidi. Just tell me what we're going to hear. The name of the aria is uh, Idreno's aria, which is the tenor role in Semiramide. It's his first aria. Uh, Dove il cimento. It's a man who is in love, obviously. Rossini always writes beautiful music for, <laughs> for tenors that are in love. Yes. Never in tragedy or <laughs> like that. <laughs> and Gregory Kunda, you've chosen to sing it. Yes. Who you say is also a good friend of yours. Yes. Levy, it's been great talking to you. Thank you for spending time with us because I know you're busy and you want to relax and you're on holiday. But it's been a great pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. I just want to say also that thank you for this platform to speak. I'm very, very happy to see you and looking very forward to see you again. Thank you.
People of Note on Fine Music Radio was proudly brought to you by Peter Turin Productions. Music